Happy September. What an exciting day. I hope you're having a great start to the day. Maybe you're listening during a break or you're wrapping up the day. Whichever it may be, welcome to Way to Live, the holistic well-being podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Connolly, sharing insight into human health and wellness and how people, lifestyle, work, places and culture affect our well-being in our personal and professional lives, our environments, and the planet. This is a weekly podcast. I aim to publish new episodes every Monday, but sometimes it's a Tuesday like this one. It's a mix of solo conversations and interviews with leading design, health, and wellness industry experts. Give this episode a listen, and if I caught your interest and attention, feel free to go back to the older episodes to discover what I've covered up until now. So today is an exciting day because one, I'm alive and well, I'm healthy, I have amazing people in my life, and it actually rained in Austin for a bit today, which was nice. But really, today is exciting because I get to introduce to you an awesome podcast series launching right now. Chelsea, what is this podcast series you speak of? Well, let me tell you. Work has been such a big topic these past months, and it's very much so my thing. So I thought I would combine two loves, workplace and wellness, and focus on just that for this entire month. Workplace wellness, or occupational health, is affected by so many different factors. The work itself, coworkers, leadership, environments, tools and technologies, the organization, and its culture. It's really an entire ecosystem, and each little factor can play a big part in our personal health and how we feel about work. And that's what I'll be diving into each week. So, welcome to Way to Live's workplace series, A Brave New Workforce in association with Good Business Design, which is my business consultancy. So Way to Live and Good Business Design are coming together to check in on you and your relationship with work. How do you feel? Do you feel listened to, cared for? Are you prioritizing your well-being? Is your company handling the cultural shift of working from home? Are you feeling micromanaged? Has your freedom and flexibility been taken away from you? Are you back in the office? Do you feel safe being there? Do you feel part of a community? I'm going to go over all of this and more because I care about you and your well-being at work and want to share insight into how you can improve your occupational health. Let's kick this workplace series off by talking about just that, the workplace. Most people think that a workplace is just a corporate office, but it's not. The workplace spans across nearly every industry, 
from corporate businesses to education, healthcare, government, civic, hospitality, and even retail. Whether or not the building is public facing, each of these building typologies need to work for its employees as well as its guests. No matter the ratio of guest experience versus employee experience, it's still a workplace. And in a workplace, you'll likely have a reception area, employee desks, offices, meeting rooms, and a kitchen or break room as a basis for design. A workplace in each of the different industries might look a little different, but they share similar space types and inform human experience, office culture, and quality of communication and collaboration. Today, the workplace looks vastly different because of the novel coronavirus. Over the last six months, the workplace has mostly been our homes. Some people have already returned to a new health and safety approved office, and some employees have not only been working since the pandemic, but they've worked even more hours to support their essential employers. Whichever industry you work for, COVID-19 has forever altered our way of working and living this year. COVID's impact on society has been a big one. We've had our fair share of economic impact, long-term business shutdowns, companies going out of business, delayed manufacturing and shipping dates, food and supply hoarding, anxiety, fear, and new protocols and policies to adhere to at work, restaurants, stores, schools, doctor's offices, hotels, and while traveling. Typical regulations in a post-COVID world consist of staying six feet apart from others, wearing a face mask, and getting your temperature checked before entry. Many people have also taken it upon themselves to follow personal health and safety guidelines, like using hand sanitizer often or wearing gloves, constantly washing their hands, cleaning and sanitizing everything, actively boosting their immunity, and self-quarantining before seeing older family relatives or those with compromised immunities. Businesses and organizations may be under the most stress implementing new health and safety protocols, redesigning their spaces, integrating new tech, and reimagining their entire real estate portfolio. In a recession, not every industry plummets. Many are actually in high demand. Generally speaking, there are four types of business transactions that can occur. Business to business, business to consumer, consumer to consumer, or consumer to business. Each model can affect business success and the industry it's part of plays a key role too. During economic recessions, certain industries typically do better than others, 
But because our recession has largely been brought on because of COVID-19, we find ourselves in a unique situation. And I've broken down each industry from high demand to low demand. If you've been laid off and you're looking for a new job or you wanna change your career, this information will be helpful. So, high demand industries are food production, transportation and shipping, health and medical, essential retail, like food, medical, supplies, politics and government, military and defense, civic and social services, finance, tech, education, film and media, because people are staying home, pets and animals, home improvement, IT and security, cleaning and sanitation, chemical production, material production, uh, especially textiles and plastics, and certain business services. Uh, The demand depends, Uh, priority right now is finances, health, safety, and well-being. And these high demand industries are typically solving for basic human needs and desires. Um, And some of these are also um, in high demand because people are and have been staying home mostly. Some neutral demand industries are utilities and waste. It basically just shifted from commercial to residential. Um, Buildings and furnishings. So pre-COVID building construction has been more than likely resuming as normal. Um, But post-COVID building construction has been delayed. Uh, Renovations um, have been occurring. So it's mostly redesigning spaces using existing assets. Um, with some minor uh, new products. And then furniture and furnishings are actually on a decline. So there's definitely some variance in the buildings and furnishings industry. Um, Urban planning and landscaping, science and engineering hasn't really changed, and then energy as well. So talking about low demand industries, You've got your travel and tourism industry, that's on a decline, Um, amusement and culture, sports. So although there is a demand um, for it, it's not really selling a lot right now. Um, Non-essential retail, fashion and clothing, beauty, hospitality, and insurance. Not only have industries as a whole been affected by the recession and COVID, but a person's role within a company could offer job security or vulnerability. During a recession, the likely candidates to be axed in an organization are support staff, middle management, amenity roles that are nice to have, more tenure uh, employees, most expensive employees, and sometimes that goes hand in hand, and low-performing employees. Ones that are likely to keep their jobs are those who drive sales in their company or are a vital part of the business. 
depending on the company's values and strategic approach, they may prioritize technical and analytical process-driven roles like operations, finance, and sales versus creative or explorative roles like marketing, advertising, and research and development. With that being said, every company, CEO, and industry will make their own decisions and be affected in different ways. It's definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach. Truthfully, no one is ever really guaranteed a job, and because of that, we should all be mindful of our occupational health and of others because it affects us more than we might think. So, what is occupational health? Occupational health is focused on how your work or lack of affects your overall health. Using Maslow's hierarchy of needs, our basic job needs are in order of importance, money, then job security, then sense of belonging, feeling important, and lastly, loving what you do and having the freedom and flexibility to do whatever you want, whenever, and however. Occupational health affects our finances, mental and emotional well-being, and overall happiness. The more happy that employees are with their jobs, the more productive and inspired to make an impact they will be, which helps make a business more successful. In general, jobs can be stressful, weighing heavy on your time, energy, personal life, and well-being. In times of a recession, stress is often heightened because you might be working overtime, getting less income and benefits, and or you're afraid you're going to lose your job. On top of being in a recession, we're also in a global pandemic forcing us to work from home and initiate new ways of working and living. COVID has been a stressful time, stressful for everyone, for employees, teams, managers, businesses, and the community. Many employees don't feel like they belong to a workplace culture anymore. They've lost that sense of community and belonging. Some employees feel like they're being put under a microscope, really micromanaged because of a lack of trust of employees working from home. And company leaders might be more strict now, giving significantly less freedom and flexibility to their employees. This is all really stressful and negatively affects us. We're having more stress, anxiety, fear, frustration, sadness, nervousness, and just overall poor health. During this month's workplace series, I wanted to focus specifically on our occupational health and check in with everyone to see how you're doing. Each week this month, I will dive into a different subject about work, how it affects our health and happiness, 
and how to effectively improve our relationship with work. I've got some great topics lined up. I'll be looking at the workplace holistically, exploring the entire ecosystem from individuals to teams to leadership, organizations, and society. This episode has been focused on society's impact on our workplace wellness, and I'll continue to address the big picture and zoom in on the details. Everyone in the world has a unique situation and falls somewhere along the spectrum of work. Jobs versus careers, currently employed versus unemployed, essential versus non-essential, high demand versus low demand. Maybe you're employed and have a side hustle, and maybe you work for yourself full-time and do contract work. Whatever your situation might be, I'm going to do my best to cover it in this workplace series on occupational health. So how are you feeling about work at this very moment? Are you stressed? Do you have anxiety or fear? Are you frustrated, sad, or nervous? Believe it or not, society has played a major role in how you may feel right now. COVID-19 and the economic recession are the two key societal factors affecting your occupational health. By focusing on society's impact on your job, you can make a positive change to your well-being. So keep listening to learn how you can turn things around for the better, for your health and happiness. I first want to focus on those who are currently unemployed. For people who were let go because of COVID, just know that these are unprecedented times in our history and you will prevail. Whether it was because of your industry, your company, your role or your performance, the best thing that you can do is view this as an opportunity. You can change all of those factors. It's time to reflect and learn how. There's a Japanese concept called ikigai, which means a reason for being, and it refers to finding your purpose in life. If you're looking to switch from a job to a career, or you want to take on a desirable side hustle, or you've recently been unemployed, listen in. There are four categories within Ikigai. Number one is passion. Decide what you love most in life. Is it film? Is it sports? Is it music? Is it interior design? For me, my passion is commercial interior design, strategy, and experience. Number two, mission. What does the world need right now? In a post-pandemic world, there's a lot that we need to solve for. Right now, I think the biggest thing that we need is hope and solutions. Everyone is looking for answers. 
think about what businesses and consumers need right now and make that your mission. My mission is to help businesses and employees thrive, especially through these trying times. Number three, profession. What are you good at? Do you know what your skills are, technical and soft skills? Do you excel in writing, project management, problem solving, graphic design? Are you good at communication, collaboration, leadership? Or are you more task focused or people oriented? Really understand who you are and where your skills lie. If you love a certain industry that you're trying to break into, the best way you can do that is by knowing how you can best contribute to it. In my case, many designers are also passionate for commercial interior design. They are entranced with designing exactly how a space is going to look and feel like, diving into all the details of finishes, materiality, color, patterns and forms, which all aid in the overall design and experience of a space. However, the skills that I bring to the table are much different than typical designers. I'm more analytical and strategic rather than artsy and expressive. So I'm really good at understanding the big picture, conducting research, diving into data, assessing an existing reality, and knowing how to best move forward with strategies and solutions. I'm involved in high-level programming and some schematic design, but I do not get involved with design development and finalizing interior spaces because that's not my skill set, nor do I want to be involved in it. So I play a key role in the commercial interior design industry without personally designing the spaces. And this type of involvement spans across other roles in the commercial design industry, like being a real estate broker, property manager, facility planner, architect, project manager, furniture dealers, construction workers, and various contractors. So if you want to be in a specific industry because you love it, approach it with your skill set and how you can add value to it. Number four, vocation. What can you actually get paid to do? By understanding your skills, find roles that best suit you and are available on the market. So that's Ikigai. And if you've been considering pursuing your true passion in life, right now is probably the best time to switch careers. Employers are looking to cut costs, so they're more likely to accept you as a candidate, although you'll likely take a pay cut because you might not have the most experience. But if you're passionate about it, learn as much as you can, be patient, and work your way up. You can also pursue more education, certificates, and accreditations to appear more serious to potential employers and get paid a higher salary. Everyone deserves to work for a job that they love. 
if you have and know your passion in life, consider yourself lucky. A lot of people aren't blessed to know theirs. Many people just want job security, good money, to do their work, clock out, and that's it. And that is totally fine. If that's your approach to work, consider working in an industry that is more or less recession-proof. You know the jobs. They will almost always be around no matter what and are considered essential to individuals, families, and communities. If you're in a non-essential, low-demand industry and you're in it just for the job and not as a passion, you should reconsider switching to one of these high-demand recession industries. Food production, like farming or processing, certain types of material production, mining and manufacturing, chemical manufacturing, transportation and shipping, health and medical, like doctors, nurses, EMTs, caregivers, essential retail, like food, medical, supplies, etc., politics and government, military and defense, civic and social services, like child care, firefighters, courthouse workers, financial services, literally everything but insurance, technology, education, IT and security, utilities and waste, like electricians, plumbers, and waste management workers, science and engineering, and energy. Again, welcome to Way to Live's Workplace Series, A Brave New Workforce. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you're looking forward to the upcoming podcasts. This series is in association with my consulting business, Good Business Design. I founded this company because it's my passion. This is my ikigai. I'm passionate about the commercial interior design industry and business strategy. It's my mission to help businesses and employees thrive while making a positive impact on our planet, human health, and workplace experiences. As a contributor in the field, my profession is being a workplace strategist, change management specialist, and well-accredited professional by focusing on the research and strategy of design. I get paid by clients, real estate companies, and architecture and interior design firms to do what I love. If you're interested in learning more about my consulting business and how I can help your company or upcoming project, please visit my website at www.goodbusinessdesign.com. My passion is the workplace, and I've been helping clients navigate the post-COVID world by helping them through the change to a healthier and safer work environment. I also offer business resiliency and emergency planning, workplace research and strategy, change management, well-building certification, culture building, and other HR and facility initiatives. I love talking to potential clients and learning how I can best support them to improve their workplace, culture, and bottom line.
Thank you for listening in. To all my loyal listeners, thank you so much for your continued support and always tuning in. If you're new to Way to Live podcast, welcome. I'm so happy to have you, and I hope I can keep you. I'm your host, Chelsea Connolly, wrapping up this episode in my home office studio in Austin, Texas. Looking at my analytics, you could be streaming this from the U.S., Ireland, Spain, Germany, India, or Thailand. It's so cool to see a global reach. Most of you, though, are from Texas, California, or Georgia, which is where most of my people live. Friends, family, clients, my LinkedIn community, and industry connections. However I know you, or wherever you're tuning in from, thank you for listening to my Holistic Wellbeing Podcast. Tune in next week for the new episode on this workplace series, A Brave New Workforce. And as always, I wish for you a healthier and happier way to live.